Welcome to another episode of Red Hill Stories, discussions about faith, life, and Jesus. I am your host, Lyle Walker. Uh, Before we get into this episode, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't done so yet, uh, go to iTunes or Spotify. It's probably the best way most people listen to the podcast. Uh, Hit that subscribe button, maybe even review our podcast. That always helps with future folks who come on and want to know more about it. Um, But you can also go to our website, redhillschurch.com slash stories, and you can catch up on all our other previous episodes from season one and season two. Um, On this episode, I have Ashley Hall with me today. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Joining us as well is my lovely wife, April Walker. Hello, hello. How's everyone doing today? I'm good. Good? Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, sitting down with me. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So before we get like deep into the episode, I always do this where we... um, I want to just let people know why we're doing this because I think you know podcast. Everybody has a podcast these days. It's like everybody you know, podcast on food, politics, <laughs> mask wearing, not mask wearing, vaccines, not vaccines, oh, sports. You all the high yep, um, everybody has a podcast. Everybody has thoughts and ideas, mm-hmm. uh, and everybody thinks their thoughts and ideas are relevant, important, right? <laughs> right. Um, but the reason why I wanted to do this was because you know I noticed about a year or so ago, maybe this goes two years ago, we were starting to grow as a church, and we were starting to like early on in the church history, like everybody knew each other. Right. We were mostly young, mid-20s, early 30s. And it was like, oh, I know this person. I know this person. And then we started to grow, and we were starting to, like, co-mingle with, you know, other, de- you know, people coming in from other denominations. And I started seeing that, like, we really don't know each other. And there's so many people at church on Sunday that I'm just like, I want to get to know them better. But there's that awkwardness on a Sunday, which is uh, – you have maybe five seconds, five minutes, depending, to really say hello. And it's always around that, how you doing? How was your week? And it's so surfacy. Mm-hmm. And so the idea behind this podcast was twofold. One is I want to be able to let people get to know each other a little bit better, you know, so you can break down that wall of awkwardness. Um, but also I want people to, to talk about Jesus <laughs> and mm-hmm. talk about how Jesus has changed their life because testimonies are so powerful. And we don't know who people, what people have gone through in That's their right. past. You meet somebody on Sunday and you have no idea because mm-hmm. we all seem perfect on Sundays and really we're all super broken. So, That's right. um, and so this, 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 this whole point of this whole thing is to shine a bright light of Jesus on our lives and get people talking more about Jesus. So that's, good. that's what we do. It's called, we, it's, it is stories because it is our individual stories. But the whole point of this is how Jesus changed our story. In that's essence. Good. So, ooh, that's a new tagline. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, so that's kind of the, the history and why we do this. Um, so now, before we get into like the details of Miss Ashley's story, I always like to start out with like that a funny thing um, about each other because this is like something I've had people come up to me and like joke about my hate for roaches and my fear <laughs> of roaches. So uh, <laughs> always I always ask each interviewee. Um, what is something about you that maybe nobody really knows? It can be serious or funny, but it could just be something like, ah, nobody knows about me. So I'm going to expose this. This What's in the dark? I'm going to bring it to the light. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to let you down. No. <laughs> it's not that serious. Um, well, I was having a hard time coming up with something, so I asked Justin what he thought I should say. And at first we laughed together because I'm just completely and totally addicted to coffee Okay. But everyone is. If, yeah. I mean, if you're for real, then you're yeah, yeah. probably, if you're accomplishing anything in your life, yeah, you're probably how, addicted to coffee. How do you not have an addiction to coffee? I don't know. Like, yeah. yeah, that's the better question. Um, but it's, you know, it's not a big deal. I have a tattoo mm. on my back of a cross, you know, take up your cross and follow me okay. sort of thing. Um, I got it in college and there's a funny and sad story that goes along with I it. Like funny and sad. Yeah. So um, my good friend and I, Liz, um, you know, long-term friends, college roommates, all that sort of thing. Um, our senior year of college, we were going to go to New York City, mm. just the two of us. And um, we had it all planned out. We bought our really good deal tickets, only 200 bucks for round trip. And it was going to be two weeks there. And we had a, a really good place to stay with one of her friends um, that actually lived up there. We missed our flight. <laughs> That's a good time. And oh, no. yeah. It, we we it was a mental mistake of where we thought we were leaving on one day and it turns out we were supposed to leave the day before and it just mm. 
it's it's really crazy though because I mean we're both smart girls you know and we both made the same mistake mm. and so we you know I was just crying I was just losing my mind you know this was going to be the trip of a lifetime and she was like it's okay you know what if our plane was going to crash and all this crazy <laughs> stuff and Justin was like you know maybe this was God's way of protecting you guys from something you know and I was like, whatever, I'm getting a tattoo. So <laughs> we went to... <laughs> Mr. Flight got a tattoo. Yeah. Well, we, we had planned on getting the tattoos together in New York City. You know, as oh, a little yeah. best friend, like movie type of thing. And so we were like, well, we're still going to get our tattoos. And we got them in Tallahassee. So. <laughs> so by missing the flight, you didn't get to go at all? No, we didn't go at all. They didn't just like put you on a different flight? No, they were not refundable. It was horrible. We couldn't. Af- we couldn't afford to like fix our mistake really yeah wow. yeah we gotta get you the know, insurance we didn't get the insurance. insurance always i feel like as we get older we realize because like when i, I they I, offer insurance i've only Just missed my do. flight once in my life a flight yeah. when, I, when i was flying in jacksonville dc for work and we missed it by literally five minutes oh. like it wasn't even the flight so maybe this is different like boarding. we were the like the check-in at the counter like to put your bags in like we missed that cut off by like five minutes and they were like no you know you're too mm. late and i was like well what can we do and they just put us on a, we had to wait like two hours and then they sent me up to boston and I had to sit in boston for airport for an hour to get mm. us to dc it took like seven hours so that's weird but you know this is a much bigger miss of a flight mm, it's okay. we were supposed <laughs> to we were supposed to drive to jacksonville <laughs> on a thursday night stay with a friend and then friday morning get the flight from Jacksonville to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And so in our minds, it was Friday, Friday, Friday. We're going to New York on Friday. Mm. And so Thursday night came and went and (laughs) we didn't leave. We didn't leave to go to Jacksonville. So you woke up in Tallahassee on Friday. Friday. Oh, so you miss, miss the flight. We like totally missed missed the flight. All right. So this wasn't just like you got there like five minutes late. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you're running to the airport and they closed the door on you. Oh no. No. Okay. Yeah. So So I'm like coming home from my class and you know, Liz and I live together. Becca lived together. Shout out. And, um, you know, Liz calls me and I'm like, Oh, so are you packing? And she was like, Ashley, we missed our flight. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's brutal. It was horrible. I was crying. Oh man, it was bad. Okay, so that is different. That's yeah. not the same. Those are not those two stories are not the same. <laughs> right. So, we right. like really But at least you got that but at least you got, got a tattoo. Tattoos. We did. And did you go together? To Do get I? your tattoos? Yes, we did. Oh. Yeah. So it was special. We made we made it special, but I mean, I really do think that it probably was God saving us from some kind of terrible danger or like a plane crash. Mm, did the fight crash? No, but oh, you know. <laughs> That's what makes me feel better okay, about the I'm story. Sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, okay. All right. Let's get into the Jesus part, right? There it is. Okay. So, Ashley, what is your story? Well, I was born in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Another thing that a lot of people probably don't know about me. Um, you don't take me for a Mississippi girl. Yeah, well, it's because I don't have that much of a southern accent. Yeah, me neither. You know, because I've lived mostly in Florida. Mm. I'm a Florida person. Yep, Florida does it too. Yeah, so when people ask me where I'm from, I have kind of a hard time explaining that because I don't really have any emotional ties to Mississippi anymore. Um, but, you know, moved around a little bit in the panhandle, so it's just a long story. So yeah, I say yeah. I'm a Florida person, and then we just talk sense. about how hot it is here and yeah. how much I hate it. Where we all, oh, okay. Yeah. That's another. Not that's Florida. A, I just hate the heat. Oh, oh okay. okay. I was like, whoa, that's going to be in a different podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hate where God has brought me. No. Right. Oh okay. Gosh. So you're, so you're from Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, basically raised, um, in a Christian home. My parents both love the Lord. They were both saved, um, in their teen years, I think, um, just follows. They still follow the Lord, um, very deeply. They're very strong Christian people. Um, they go to Red Hills, actually. That's Wes right. and Brenda Gibson, shout yeah. out! Hey, hey. Love you guys. <laughs> yo, yo, Love you guys. Yo, yo. Um, so you know, really, really blessed to to be raised knowing the Bible, knowing who Jesus is. Um, my mom said that I actually invited Jesus into my heart when I was three, but I mean, I don't have any memory of that, so yeah. I don't really consider that my salvation moment. Yeah. I mean, I could have said, you know, the sky is purple, you know. It, so I don't really count that very much, but I do believe that, mm-hmm. that God has had his hand on my life 
at a very, very young age. Um, and a really cool story, which, you know, I was wondering whether or not I would share this because it just sounds so almost cliche, but, um, I was, um, during my baby dedication, I was actually prophesied over by the pastor and he said, um, that I would, uh, play skillfully on many different instruments and that has all come true in my life. You know, I majored in music in college and I do music, um, as a music therapist full time as my career of 11 years. And, Mm. you know, so all that's, that's just a kind of a neat story that points to the Lord's hand over my life. And, um, are your parents musicians? Uh, my dad plays the radio very well. <laughs> yeah. And my mom did play drums. Wait, is that a, is that like a, was that a joke or is yeah. that like, okay. That's really funny. That is a, that was <laughs> funny, but I was like, wait a minute. Is there a radio instrument that I don't know? Like a kazoo <laughs> oh or something or something? Okay. All right. No, a kazoo is an instrument like. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, just, I apologize. It's that, fine. Went, that went over my head. April laughed. I didn't get it. <laughs> That's really funny. Thanks, April. No Thank you. Glad you're here. I normally get them. <laughs> no, okay. Well, I'll say my dad really does play the ready well because he he raised me and my brother and sister on really good music. Mm. Daddy, thank you. <laughs> Shout out. You know, just really, really a lot of good music in my home, secular and Christian yeah. music, you know. So um, and then my mom played um, instruments growing up. She played guitar and drums. Um, so, yeah, I I probably got my musical side more from her. And your brother's a really good musician. Right? Yes way better of a drummer than me mm. um he, really he um oh don't okay. stop it it's don't. fine i really like okay people say that and i'm like you really don't know that many drummers <laughs> well there's <laughs> a difference, i do there's a difference between like a dynamic drummer like the crazy ones but you're a, like there's as a music self as a musician who's not a drummer there is you cannot have enough solid drummers and you mm-hmm. like you are a solid good drummer like you well, thank you brother anyways i want to go yeah. too deep down that path but well yeah. it's also because i i have a degree in music yep. you know i didn't you know if people give me compliments at church i'm like well thank you so much you know i yeah. i'm a professional musician it's fine right. like I, I went to to college for this you know mm-hmm. most of the time when you have a skill that you went to college for and you do professionally you better be good at it you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah. like yeah. i better not get up there yeah they're like oh you're really bad yeah oh, nope. i should quit oh, my job. well i dedicated my life to this thanks <laughs> that's right so anyway um, yeah, my brother's also really good at, um, music composition, EDM, mm-hmm. um, music producing, um, all that. So he's a sick guitar player as well. He's just very, very skilled. And my sister's in the medical field. She's a PA. She's super smart. She's also a great musician. Um, just, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so you grew up in Mississippi, but you moved to, F- to Florida. How did you get to Florida? Like, what was that like? Uh, well, my parents, um, really felt like they wanted to find us a better school system. Mm. Um, they decided to homeschool us because the public schools that we were in just weren't Not really good. cutting it. So um, my mom, you know, really dedicated her life um, as we were young to stay home with us. And we did homeschool for a little while. And I just have the best memories of that. Um, just really amazing time. I have only positive memories of my childhood, hmm. really just lots of, playing Barbies and dress up, you know, with my sister and trying to include our brother with GI Joes, you know, (laughs) um, you know, just lots of nineties kid stuff, playing outside, playing in the dirt, riding bikes, playing Nintendo, super Nintendo only. Don't get me started on N64 and all that confusing stuff. That's where it stopped for me. I was like, I'm getting dizzy. Please take it away. Give me super Mario brothers. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Donkey Kong a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. You should try the new Switch. It's really cool. No, I never will. <laughs> <laughs> Stanley is uh, five and Justin, you know, and he played video games and Stanley's always begging me, mommy, you know, play with me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not unless it's Super Nintendo because I'm just not very good, mm-hmm. but also because I just, I have no interest in video games. <laughs> not with my, not the way they are now. So, I mean, it sounds like you had a good childhood. You had a good relationship with your parents. But what was it like growing up? Like, what, beyond that, what was it? What was your environment, whether it be church or just internally within the family? How did that work? Well, um, my parents, you know, were just solid Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, we were always in church um, three times a week, every time the doors oh, were wow. open. Yeah. Um, so I kind of describe myself as a Baptist Methodist. 
Okay. So like little Baptist, little Methodist, little Pentecostal, but there was a lot of church hopping when okay. I was growing up. And, um, I think I took some of that when I graduated and, and went to college, um, early college, I kind of had that same mentality of like, just, I didn't really feel like I was obligated to one church. And, mm-hmm. um, when it stopped, when I felt like it stopped, um, meeting my needs or whatever, mm-hmm. or when I felt like I wasn't jiving with the worship or something, then I would leave. And I think that was a pattern that, you know, I continued myself even after leaving home. But I think that we've all kind of fixed that and (laughs) we're a lot more dedicated now. So, so did you have any, like in your early childhood, like I say early childhood, I mean like middle school, high school, something like that. Early childhood, we don't have much experience when we're eight, nine years old, you know, with God. Mm -hmm. Um, But what was your first like realization? You said at three, your mom said you got baptized or you accepted Jesus in your heart. But when was like the first time middle school, high school, whenever that hit you, that was like, okay, this thing, Jesus, that they keep talking about in church. It's like, it's a, it's, it's a real thing that I should actually start taking seriously or start following. Sure. So I think I did, you know, walk forward on my own, you know, say the sinner's prayer, all that kind of stuff when I was about seven or eight in the Baptist church, got baptized there. But then I think I did it again a couple of years later, you know, okay. cause I just didn't really, I, I, I was just questioning, you know, whether or not it was real. Um, but then when I was in eighth grade, um, summer between eighth and ninth grade, I went to student life camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a Baptist affiliation affiliation. Um, and I remember that something changed in my heart during that week. Um, something more of like, you don't just pray to God, um, you know, when you need something, this is a relationship. And I've had heard people say that, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And I was like, yes, our relationship works very well. My life mm-hmm. is very comfortable. Mm. God has provided for me. And, you know, I always pray when I need something. That was my like childhood. I think what I could understand of my salvation mm. up until that point. Um, I was a very high achiever as a, a kid. You know, I just, I really wanted to please my parents. I really wanted to follow the rules. I wanted to make good grades, um, but I also wanted to be popular and I mm. wanted to be liked by others. And um, so, yeah, when things didn't go my way or if, you know, I, or if I was like jealous of a, a girl that was a lot more popular or something, mm. you know, there was, there was a lot of darkness in my heart there, mm. you know, even like maybe some hatred of some of these girls that were, you know, skinnier than me or prettier than me or had mm. more, you know, attention from the boys and you know so even though I think I was saved I was definitely pretty immature in my faith up until that point um when I really discovered what it meant to follow Jesus with my whole life not just go to God for some prayer to you know please Lord let this boy like me Hmm. (laughs) I don't know now you like a generally speaking are you like a rule follower are you someone who like likes structure and rules or are you more I see a rule. I want to break it. Mm. 100% type A, 100% (laughs) rule follower. (laughs) Um, Very, I really do like structure. Um, Just, I don't know. It's just, I think it's how I'm wired. Um, It it comes with positive things and it definitely comes with a a downside too. (laughs) Because type A people like me, we tend to want to be in control. Mm. And I think that was... um, that, you know, as we'll talk more as I got older, that, you know, really did have a lot to do with my sanctification process. Mm, good stuff. So what about high school and college? What were those years like? Well, I think that I got, I had this, this really good spiritual awakening um, at the student life camp at a really good time because it was um, right before high school. And uh, my first high school I went to, ninth and 10th grade, uh, was a very comfortable Christian environment, even though it was a public school. There was um, almost this movement of Christian kids that were just on fire for God. Mm. Um, we carried our Bibles to class. You know, me yes. and, you know, I started playing guitar um, in eighth grade. And so me and like my closest friends, we were always, you know, singing and worshiping God in, in the foyer before school, um, which is just crazy, mm-hmm. right, as a public school. Mm. Um the principal was a Christian, so I think that's why that, you know, we were allowed to get away with stuff like that. But looking mm. back and, and after transferring to another high school later, I was like, man, what we had there at, at Pace High School those few years was really unique and really special. Mm. Um, I was just I was just 
completely in the middle of this movement in my high school. I was leading, helping lead worship for all these Christian clubs. You know, I was at everything, First Priority, FCA. I actually even started a Bible study in Mm. my high school when I was a freshman. Um, Just really led to worship God with, with my peers, really read the Bible together. But, you know, looking back, I think that, um, a lot of that worship was about my own emotions and how it made me feel. Mm. It made me feel very happy to worship God, which is fine, Mm -hmm. but you know, (laughs) we don't worship God to make ourselves happy or Mm. to feel good. We worship him because he's worthy and he deserves this praise. Right. And it changes us, but it's mostly about him and not Mm. our emotions. Um, yeah, so ninth and 10th grade were, were very fun, very comfortable. Um, but again, I was also just um, really hard on myself with grades and achievement. Um, you know, if I made a B, mm. I would like cry about it, you know? How ridiculous is that? I know, right? Please do roll your eyes at that. Yeah. I'm no, rolling I'm not, my eyes at I'm it. I'm not rolling. I'm looking at my wife going, oh, see? Is that you too? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry the way that we are, April. Yeah. It's not fun. I'm like, I'm like, I got a B? Sweet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I think part of it, you know, just coming from, you know, wanting to to do well and achieve. Um, I was a very, very high achiever in band, you know, and mm. musical things, but academics, I really just should have been in regular classes, but mm. my older sister is a lot more book smart than me. And so I was trying to be like her, take all the hard classes. And I mean, I just, I didn't really belong there. You so know? as perfectionist, are you quite the perfectionist or just really just want, because there is a difference between somebody who has high achievement goal, like they mm-hmm. want to achieve certain things. And there's also the people who get caught in that, like, I want to be like perfectionist mode where they get wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think God's worked a little bit of that out in me. I think maybe earlier in life I probably was. And then mm. I had kids and realized it's all, yeah, you know, yeah. that's okay. all an illusion. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my second high school though. Um, oh, well, let me tell you about this. This memory is pretty important. Um, there was a, a really big youth rally at a huge church in Pensacola. Um, all the local youth groups went. So this was my 10th grade year and, you know, I'm wrapped up into this, this Christian bubble, all Mm -hmm. my Christian friends. And I remember at this little youth rally, us singing this song. I don't even know who, who wrote it now, but send me, send me, I will go, I will go. Mm. And I remember really meaning that in my heart when I was singing to God and, um, he decided to send me away, Mm. (laughs) away from this town, away from this little comfortable situation I was in. So my family moved away and moved to Fort Walton beach, my 11th grade year. So I was plunged into a brand new high school, had to start completely over. There was no Christian bubble at this high school. Um, you know, I, it was really hard for me. Um, I was really sad. I, did a lot of crying, mm. a lot of, you know, why God, all this stuff. And, um, I think that was like probably the first time in my life. I really felt like I went through something hard and, um, I would, I spent a lot of time, um, you know, just really focusing on band, really, you know, getting deeper and deeper into, you know, my musicianship. And, um, that's you know, basically the only friends I had in band and, um, I did a lot of running, did a lot of, you know, listening to Skillet on my Walkman, mm, you know, um, <laughs> lots of, uh, good, uh, Christian, Christian music. Um, but just, yeah, really, um, changed the way that I, um, experienced life is, you know, going through something a little more difficult. Yeah. And then, um, let me get some waters. <laughs> so I also, you know, started working, um, at Winn-Dixie. I worked a lot of even school nights, closing cashier, you know, I had to just, um, save some money for myself for band fees and band trips and stuff like that. So I didn't really have nearly as big of a social life at this high school than I did my first high school. Mm -hmm. I still found, you know, the, the ways I could use my gifts and leading worship, um, in the Christian clubs and stuff, but it just wasn't the same. You know, there were only a couple kids there instead of, you know, hundreds of kids. So, um, yeah, that, that was a a pretty big turning point in my high school experience. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. 
And so I um, graduated, uh, moved back to Pensacola, where all those Christian friends were, mm-hmm. and uh, went to PJC, Pensacola Junior College, now known as Pensacola State College, mm-hmm. was um, people just chilling first, PJC, <laughs> and now it's uh, people still chilling, yeah. PSC, uh, or we used to joke, uh, peanut butter and jelly college. And then, you know, sounds delicious. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so that's where I met Justin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we met, we fell in love. It was so wonderful and blissful, like a movie. He heard me playing the piano. I was uh, working on minor in piano at this junior college. And, um, he heard me playing and he was drawn to the, <laughs> <laughs> to the band room. It's so cheesy, but it's really true. <laughs> and he was in acting. He got some acting scholarships. And so, you know, I saw this tall guy and I was like, man, he's so cute. And um, then I started listening to, you know, what's this guy about? What is he talking mm. to his friends about? You know, and I started hearing him talk about God. And I was like, oh, uh-oh, he's uh-oh. a Christian. <laughs> and he's tall and cute. So um, we just, man, we just totally fell in love like right away we just we knew we were going to get married almost right away uh which was a little difficult because we were just so young and we were mm-hmm. so immature so um we thought we had so much in common you know <laughs> and then the longer we dated we're like bro you're so different yeah, than me <laughs> i can't think of anybody who's more different isn't that funny yeah, yeah it's great though yeah we were yeah. just infatuated in love yeah. but um yeah, that was good. I moved to Tallahassee one year before him, um, declared music therapy as my major. He uh, moved over the year after that and finished up his AA to, at TCC and then did um, finished his degree at FSU. And, you know, we um, we found a really good church here in town, but it was more of a um, cool and fun church. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much geared toward college students. Um, and I remember thinking, wow, I just didn't know that church could be this cool and mm. this be this fun. Um, you know, I joined the worship team with Jared and, um, really had great mentorship with him and Lisa. Uh, I really feel like they were a huge, um, blessing on our lives. They were really our true pastors at that church. Mm. Um, I really think that, um, you know, band practices there with Jared and Justin and Mike and Sean and Liz and Becca, you know, that whole crew. Those are some of my favorite college memories. Just really, really fortunate to have that solid Christian friend group in college. Yeah. Um, but the downside I, you know, as I got older, um, you know, a lot of people probably don't know this unless you actually did it, but a music degree is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, I was really, really stressed out. I was really, really anxious, especially when I transferred to FSU. Um, just a really, really high standard for this degree program. And I don't really remember ever like praying for help. You know, mm. it's like I, I just wanted to um, do well. I just wanted to pass these juries and uh, make good grades. Uh, but I don't ever remember incorporating my relationship with God into the hard parts of my life. Um, I think I was still just caught up in um, the emotional side of worship. Um, even at this new church I was going to, you know, on the worship team, I was every week you know, just very, very engulfed in, in worship music, but I didn't really have a lot of biblical knowledge. Um, you know, most everything I read in the Bible was all the new Testament, you know, I mean, what's the old Testament even for anyway, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, so that's a joke. Or yeah, it's a, okay. yeah, yeah, that is a okay. joke. Is a Good job. You got it. like, what? We do nothing but almost talk out of the Old right. Testament. So, okay, right. And I love it. It's so cool. Now yeah. that I actually started, you know, understanding what the Bible yeah. really is and the story of the Bible, it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, the college was really hard. I think I um, just you know, was very anxious, very high strung, really stressed. Um, I really, really needed God in that time of my life, but I didn't really know 
how to include God in that. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. Um, I think I was just trying to achieve in my own strength, trying to, um, take that next step, you know, okay. Freshman year's done. Okay. Thank God. You know, Mm -hmm. got through it. Okay. Here we go. Got to, you know, practice for this, you know, ensemble or practice for this recital and, you know, pass this daggum jury. It's, it was just really stressful. Um, so, um, you know, fast forward a little bit. Um, Justin and I got married. Um, and, uh, turns out, um, I, you know, had always had some health problems as an adolescent and, um, growing into adulthood, um, that just really affected my quality of life a couple days out of the month. But I, I would always kind of just put my head down, get through it, you know, um, take what medicine I could. Um, and I knew that, um, it was just, you know, just not something that people really talk about, you know, just kind of just, you know, get through it. Don't talk about it. You're in pain, but don't let people see it Mm. type of thing. And so, um, that there's, you know, years and years and years of that, um, and worsening as I got older. Um, so it turns out like I actually finally have a diagnosis for that. Um, but it only until I was 32 years old that I finally got a diagnosis uh, for that. So, um, just having a lot of, um, anger about that. Um, a lot of confusion, you know, when your doctors tell you that you're fine, but you know that you're not, um, really affected my quality of life and my marriage, Mm. um, really affected our marriage and uh, our relationship. Um, and so, you know, that really started a, um, kind of, um, a turning point in my life of, you know, God, um, I followed all the rules here, you know, um, Lord, you know, I, I saved myself for marriage and so did Justin. And, Mm -hmm. you know, both of us kind of felt cheated that we, you know, we felt like we did everything right, you know? Um, so I felt like, and I was actually kind of taught that this, that this part of my life would be a, a blessing and, you know, growing up in the youth groups in the true love weights movement, you know, the, the purity culture stuff, the silver ring thing stuff, I kissed dating goodbye. I mean, I was all, all in the middle yeah. of all that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, um, you know, anything good in our life can become an idol. Yeah. <laughs> Marriage can become an idol. Sex can become an idol. Um, health and fitness can become an idol. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so, you know, Justin and I, um, we're pretty upset when it turns out that, um, we didn't get the little reward that we thought we were going to get, you know? Um, and you know, I kept going to my doctors and asking, you know, why is this happening? And they wouldn't have an answer for me. Um, and so this is year after year after year of marriage and really struggling with this. Um, I had Stanley and, um, was, um, really unfortunate to have a pretty bad, um, complication during his labor, um, resulted in some permanent injuries Mm -hmm. that I will deal with for the rest of my life. Um, had to go to physical therapy for that. Um, and it really, um, instead of just having pain, you know, a couple days out of the month, this turned into, um, everyday pain, all day pain, and, um, you know, devastating effects on my marriage. Um, I didn't even think it would be possible to ever get pregnant again. Um, (laughs) it was really depressing. It was really hard. You know, there's a difference when you have pain sometimes, but then when you have pain all the time, it really does something to your mind mm. and to your relationships. Um, I was very angry. I didn't feel like, didn't feel like I deserved this. Um, it was very confusing because my doctors couldn't help me. Um, my health was just totally out of my control. And as that high achiever, mm-hmm. you know, that was really hard for me to be uh. working so hard on answers for this. And it, just the pain was just overtaking my life. Um, 
it was really hard. Um, I really started suffering for the first time in my life. And, um, Mm. you know, you know, Justin had his own problems Mm. that, that, um, went, that caused a pretty bad combination (laughs) for our marriage. Um, I felt very angry and that was very unfair. Um, I came to a point where I didn't want to live. I didn't want to live like this. I don't, I don't think I was suicidal, but I definitely felt very hopeless that every day I'm waking up every doctor's appointment I go to, no one can help me, you know? (laughs) And if you get to this point in your life, you realize the only, the only one who understands is Jesus. My, my good friends that were, you know, wonderful, they couldn't help me. My husband that was so wonderful, he couldn't help me. Mm. My parents that were so awesome and wonderful, they couldn't help me. Mm. These doctors that were supposed to be, you know, specialists and professional, they couldn't help me. (laughs) Mm. And I'm telling you, when you reach that point in your life, you realize this world has nothing to offer. Mm. And it was then when I, I reached out to the Lord and he met me. He met me and he reminded me of his promises that he's good and he's faithful. The things of this earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I started to really make a choice. I think when people really hit their rock bottom, they're faced with a choice. And you can either choose your feelings. You can either choose hopelessness and despair and depression. Or you can choose to lift your eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And um, thank God he helped me choose him and not um, not be overcome with this despair. Um, it was a lot. Um, I finally understood what you know, sharing in the sufferings of Christ was all about. Um, I actually started paying a lot more attention to suffering in the Bible, um, started paying attention to, um, the Psalms when David Mm. is at his rock bottom and he's crying out to the Lord, help me God, where are you? How long, O Lord? And realizing that, um, worship isn't always just about feeling good. You know, all those years growing up when I would, you know, just feel so good worshiping God. Um, I'm telling you when you, when you get to a point where you can choose to worship the Lord, when you are in pain, it will change your life. Your relationship with Jesus has a whole new meaning. You know, our God is the only God who made himself man and came down to our level so that he would suffer with us and suffer on our behalf. He's the only God, you know, in all of the other religions, it's always about, um, us being good, us striving and being a Christian is all about Jesus being good for us. Right. You know, he is good. We're not. Um, so yeah, I just, um, started really paying attention to, um, the blessings and promises in the Bible and not blessing and blessings and promises of, Oh, if you're a Christian, your life is going to be easy and comfortable. The, I started realizing those blessings and promises that I would read in scripture, like first Corinthians 13, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, these coffee cup verses. It's, it's the blessing and promises that Jesus is with you. Mm -hmm. Not that your life is going to be easy and comfortable. Yeah. And I think I just um, kind of realized that I had been believing a prosperity gospel in my own little way, you know. That's good. That's um, good. So, yeah, um, I uh, really just came to the end of myself, and I, I feel like there was nowhere else to turn but mm. Jesus. 
Because this was um, only a couple of years ago, right? We're not mm-hmm. talking like mm-hmm. five, six. We're just talking about like within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Stanley's five. Yeah. So, yeah, it was right about then. Okay. Yeah, and, you know, you may, I mean, you may or may not remember. I mean, there were a couple years at church when, you know, I pretty much sobbed every Sunday yeah. during worship. Well, I remember. And that's, you know, when I was going through all of this is, you know, I wanted to seek God and, but I didn't really know how, mm-hmm. you know, I, all I knew was that I was in pain. <laughs> that's yeah. all I knew. And, you know, it was hard to sing those songs, but I knew that, you know, looking back, he was, he was really doing something in me. Yeah. So, you know, just really started to read the Bible, really started to read the Old Testament <laughs> and <laughs> learn what it really means to be a child of God. And that, you know, the people of God have always suffered, you know, and God has always brought them through, yeah. you know, um, not because of their works, but because of his righteousness. Right. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is the gift of God, not of work so that no one can boast. It's nothing that we deserve. Mm-hmm. It's all his goodness. Um, so started, you know, going to a lot of counseling, started going, you know, started reading a lot of books about suffering, started really paying attention to uh, books like Job. You know, we have a whole book of the Bible dedicated to suffering. <laughs> yes. um, <laughs> most of that book is um, his you know, uh, so-called Christian friends that are gathered around him and saying a bunch of hogwash and buddy, I, uh, experienced that too, um, in my season of life. Um, and so I think that, um, I have a very deep empathy for people who are in pain and suffering, um, because I've been there. And even though pain and suffering can, can look different for, uh, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Physical or emotional. Right. Mental. Yeah, mental. Relational. Yeah, um, it can, you know, it all leads to your rock bottom, you know, whatever that is. And um, I think that I, I learned a lot in that season of how to really be there for somebody when they're experiencing pain and suffering, because I remember what was not helpful for me. And so I do not say those things. (laughs) Um, I do a lot more of, um, hugging and I'm so sorry you're going through this and God is with you. He sees you. Um, and, um, I would highly recommend, um, the book by Timothy Walker, walking with God through pain and suffering. Um, that book changed my life. Um, even, even our, you know, even, even correct biblical information can feel more like salt on a wound to a person in the midst of their suffering. Even, um, even the right, even the truth spoken, if it's, if it's not the right time is not helpful. Yeah. And you see that with, you know, with Job's friends, they come and they're, they sit with him for seven days. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they start opening their mouths and some of the stuff they say is true, but it's not helpful yeah. to this man who's lost everything. Everything, literally. Yeah. So anyway, I think that, you know, it's given me a gift of empathy. Um, I feel like I can relate to my patients more in my career. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I know a lot more of what to say and what not to say when I'm helping them. Um, you know, one of Marshall's sermons a few years ago, was on the blind man receiving healing from Jesus and the people around this poor blind man, you know, were trying to use him as an example and they brought him up to Jesus like some, you know, project. And they were (laughs) like, so Jesus, why is this man suffering? Is it because of his sins or his father's sins? And man, I wish I could have been there. (laughs) I just, I wish I could. I mean, first of all, you know, when you know Jesus, when you know our savior, he was, he was probably overcome with compassion for this man. Yeah. And, um, something that is kind of hard to hear, you know, Jesus actually say, you know, whether this man's sin or the sin of his father it's so that the glory of God can be worked through him. And yeah. that's kind of a tough pill to swallow when you're the one in pain. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you don't get healing on this side of earth, 
Right. And um, I've come to accept that. Uh, have experienced some some forms of healing, you know. You know, hello, we have our little Cameron Jane now. Right. right. So she's a living testimony of the healing power of God. Absolutely. And the work that God has done in our marriage. Um, but that's, but yeah. a, that's a really good point. Like you mm-hmm. say, like you may not receive full what we would consider healing on this side of earth, mm-hmm. you know, um, so many people who are stuck in these situations where they're kind of, they haven't quite reached the point where you were at, meaning like they're still in that process of breaking, like they're coming they're, they're They don't understand they're lost, but they, but they haven't reached that breaking point yet. Mm-hmm. And they still hold on to this idea that we deserve in this world our right that if God loved us, mm-hmm. we should be, everything should be hunky-dory. Right. A, a, a righteous God w- who loves his children would make their lives perfect. Mm-hmm. And that's still us holding on to ourself. Mm-hmm. And know? a prosperity gospel. And it is a, that, that's that, that version of that prosperity mm-hmm. gospel. But what I love so much about your story, Ashley, is that well, yes, many parts of your physical, you have not been physically healed, but your spiritual healing and your emotional healing outweighs the physical part because with that, I mean, you've been reconnected to Jesus in the most truest form. Yeah. And while you're not completely physically healed, you are at a place where you can lean on Jesus for that physical healing. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's still is something you struggle with, but it, it's it's so not important compared to the rest of the healing that you have received. And yes. I think that that, I mean, really that's the most important part, yeah. right? right? You're going to get a new body one day anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, but what you have now, your foundation, you know where to go. That's right. Right? You know you don't have to be the achiever. You kn- mm-hmm. These are the things you know now that you may not have known. Yeah. That's right. Without the rest. And then, and God will use different forms of, like you said, pain and suffering that will lead people to this breaking point. It'll be Mm -hmm. either a a literal pain or it could be a sin in their life they have to break themselves of Mm -hmm. or it has to be broken of. Mm -hmm. Um, He'll use whatever he has to, right, Mm -hmm. to get us to that place. And unfortunately, like you said, some of us, like you said, that man, Mm -hmm. he's sitting there in the streets and I, I can see him thinking, so I'm sick and I, all this is going on so that God will get the glory. And on one side, you're like, that's amazing. But on the other side, it's like, doesn't feel very good. Yeah. Uh, can we yeah. pick something else? Like, you <laughs> oh, know, like, anything else? Yeah. Anything else? I, I would rather have a broken arm. Yeah. I would rather, yeah. uh, have something else than yeah. something that would affect, um, the, the, my marriage, my marriage and the things in this life that's supposed to be the best thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't get to choose our form mm-hmm. of suffering. That's right. Um, and, you know, while we're talking about the theology of healing, um, I just want to say, you know, because everyone's going to get to the point, like Job, where we ask the big question, why? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is this happening to me, God? Um, and what, you know, Marshall teaches often and what we learn from Scripture, if, if you're really reading the Bible, mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, suffering is going to hit all of us mm-hmm. and we're, we're never promised an easy life. Um, and, you know, there, there comes to a point where you have to realize you, you may, you, you probably won't ever get the, the answer to that question. Why? Um, sometimes bad things happen because of, um, our own sin and our poor choices. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes things happen, bad things happen because of someone else's sin and, um, and you know, it is what it is sometimes. And this is, this is where I think I've landed for myself. Sometimes things happen like health problems, um, happen because we live in a broken world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were not meant to hang on to this Mm -hmm. world. The things of this earth will grow strangely dim. And you know, right now we see through a glass dimly, First right, Corinthians yeah. thirteen. But we look, we look to Jesus, and we realize that we have an eternal hope in Him, and that you know that's why this all this stuff 
lately about, you know, that there is no eternity. There is no heaven and hell. I'm sorry, but I mean, don't sign me up for that. Mm. Like don't sign me up for this world. It's, it's not, I mean, even on your best day, there's, you look around when you really look around, you see pain and suffering in this world. And I mean, it makes you even question if there's really a God. Yeah. That's all. It's all you have. (laughs) Yeah. Is this world. Yep. Then when you look at just this world, you're going to reflect on all of this and your reflection will be, well, if there is a God, then he's not very good. Right. And you're missing mm-hmm. the bigger picture, which mm-hmm. is, or not, it's not about this world. Right. <laughs> and it never was. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. So um, lots of counseling, physical therapy, lots of different doctors, um, you know, lots of prayer lots of spiritual healing, um, seeking alternative medicine, you know, this will be a lifelong process and Mm. I've come to accept that and it's okay. And, you know, um, as long, what I've realized is as long as you're bringing your pain to God, um, he can handle it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) First of all, um, he, he allows us to wrestle with him. And, um, we have to make a choice though. Are we yeah. going to believe what he says? Are we going to believe that he's good? That's where your faith comes in. It's not about what you feel and it's not even about what you can see on this earth. Everybody has to come to a choice and whether or not they believe what the Bible says. Yep. And so I think, you know, there've been some times in my life where I've been wrestling with God a lot and, you know, maybe like Jacob, I'll, leave that wrestling match with a limp for the rest of my life. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's about faith. I have faith that Jesus is who he said he was Mm. and is, and, um, that I can put my hope in him. And I don't, I know that this life is, is not all there is. that leads us to a final question which is where you know you've seen where god's taken you and brought you from where are you now and where do you see your future looking like i mean what do you think god's doing with all this and where is he taking you i think um as a type a high achiever control freak um <laughs> god is leading me into At least you admit it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyone that meets me for five minutes is gonna know exactly um so into a season and hopefully the the rest of my life in a season of contentment and a season of rest um that i don't have to strive to be loved by god i don't have to achieve things to be loved by god um i don't even have to be good to be loved by (laughs) god in that while we were yet sinners we were still sinners in our sin christ Mm -hmm. died for us um, I'm not good anyway. I'm not a good person. I'm not a good wife. I'm not a good mom unless the Holy spirit is being that fruit within me. Right. Yeah. Um, so I really, um, I really think Justin and I are, um, planning on growing where we're, we're planted. Um, we don't see ourselves moving or leaving Red Hills. Um, it would have to be a major, yeah, (laughs) praise God, please, Lord, don't take us away. (laughs) I'm comfortable now. Right. Here we are. Um, yeah. (laughs) Um, so I think just, um, learning more and more how to trust God with my life. Um, learning more and more that it's not about me. It's about him. My marriage is about God. My family is about God. My job is about God. Right. My health is about God. <laughs> My friendships are about God. Yeah. Um, it's not about me. It's all about him. And just um, maturing in that, um, learning how to evangelize and feeling that leading of, by the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, I mean, I used to not really have that good of a testimony till I went through this crap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So 
Um, and I can't tell you how many, how many conversations that has started with my friends who are unbelievers is, you know, why is there suffering on this earth? And, you know, let me tell you. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. let me tell you a little story about yeah. myself. <laughs> All about how my life goes. Sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> you can edit that out. No, So, yeah, just um, learning not to be afraid of pain, not to be um, afraid of failure, mm. not to be afraid when things are out of my control mm-hmm. and learning how to really, really trust God and not just say okay. that I trust God, but you know, when the money's not in the bank account, trust God, yep. you know, when you're in the middle of a really bad week of pain, trust God, mm-hmm. worship him anyway, That's good. and it'll change your life. That is, well, first off, thank you so much for being vulnerable and, and talking about this. I know it's tough. I mean, I know you have the podcast, the pain and perseverance podcast. So all of this stuff, you can go back if you're listening to podcast. You're like, I want to know more about this. You kind of went went up to a point, but didn't go for the full details. So if you want to get all that, you can go back to Justin Ashley's podcast. Yeah. Rated PG seventeen. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> a lot but, of medical details in right. there. It's but it's hard to it's hard to talk about you know this kind of stuff, and I and I get that. So I'm very thankful or um, honored that you were able to do that. But I think like it's so it's so refreshing to sit here and listen to people. Who've, who've gotten, there's like proverbial, if you want to hear it, a gutter or a hill, however you want to look at this. But when people have got over that hill and we talk about this abundant life, Jesus talks about it. Mm-hmm. And the abundant life isn't having abundance. Uh, it's right. almost like it's like, I wish we could figure out a better way to translate that term because we read the word abundant and we think, oh, I should have stuff. And Jesus is like, no, the abundant life is walking in my freedom. That's right. And people who are still walking up that hill or going down to the gutter, however, which way you want to look at it, they're still walk, working out that thought. They're like, okay, I'm, but I need abundance. I need yeah, abundance. What like. I want abundance. And then God's like, Jesus is like, no, you really don't need any of you. You need me. Mm. And once you get that, everything you'll look back on and everything in the future, you'll see me and you get abundance, Mm. but it's not things, it's me. And the way you talk about it, I remember talking with you years ago and this is not how you talked. Mm. I probably did a lot of complaining. Well, it's just, it's just, yeah, (laughs) but but it's filtered through a different called a worldview. It's just, you were viewing it in the midst of that pain and you hadn't gotten over that hump yet. And you hadn't been able to look back and look at, see how, you know, Jesus through the whole thing. And it's so refreshing to see people who've, who've walked that. And I can see people who are in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you're just waiting. You're like, it's coming. coming. I get Mm -hmm. it. It's going to take a year. It may take longer, but it's coming mm-hmm. and you kind of want to push people there, mm-hmm. but you, you know, can't You want to drag them there. And you're yeah. like, if you can just get here faster, your life will be not better, but you know what I mean when I say that. Um, and so to hear you talk, it's, it's, it's really awesome to hear you, how Jesus has worked in your life yeah. and all that. So. so on the way here, I just was reminded of a victory song mm. that, you know, came out recently and, um, I feel like it really speaks to this, um, like you're talking about, um, you stepped into my Egypt. Mm, yeah. You took me by the hand. You wa- you marched me out in freedom into the promised land. Now I will not forget you, God. I'll sing of all you've done. Death is swallowed up forever by the fury of your love. Mm. So, you know, for so long, I didn't really understand what the Old Testament had to do with me or my life. And like, oh, here it goes again. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we all have um, a desert, right? We all mm-hmm. have an Egypt. We're all slaves to something, mm-hmm. whether it be perfectionism, pain, any of our idols that we're worshiping. God can split your Red Sea. Mm-hmm. He will do it. He will lead you to freedom. Right. But you have to let him and you have to turn your eyes to him. Amen. So That's good. Yeah. Well, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I don't know been a joy getting to know you uh it's been a while now like i kind of forget you know that church that you went to april and i went to right yeah oh i remember when i met you that's right you were talking to jared about theology and i was like oh 
Well, let me hear what they have to say. <laughs> I remember that, right? I yeah. think I like this guy. Yeah, right. And then I met April. I was like, I like her better. Yeah, right. <laughs> that makes sense. Everybody says that. Uh, and they say the same thing, except the opposite with me and oh, Justin. No. He's a way better person than oh, me. Oh, that's stop it. It's um, true. But it's been a joy getting to know you guys, over the, and we love having you in your in our lives and part of the church. You guys are such a blessing. So thank you so much. Thank you. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you.